You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am excellent. What can I help you with? Um, so I'm just going to start off with my story here. Um, I, all throughout high school, I was interested in, uh, uh, in the sciences. I was an athlete growing up. Now, since the age of six, I was participating in sports. Um, so that is where my interest stems, stems from. Um, now in terms of medicine, I believe my, uh, seed was kind of, um, wrestling itself. Um, and that it is a big part of my story. Um, and so I guess we'll start with, um, I was lucky enough to participate in, uh, wrestling in college and COVID kind of messed a lot of things up. And, uh, I started at Ohio university. I was, I wrestled there from in the year of 2019 COVID hit right before spring break, right as the national tournament was supposed to take place, uh, that very next week, we were all told we had to leave. And, um, after that, I had planned on going back to that university and financially just wasn't the best situation for me. So I had to remove myself, uh, from that university. And with that, um, I had to transfer my credits to the un- the new university that I would be attending. Um, and I had to take a gap here pretty much and figure out my situation and how to get back to, you know, that point and where I wanted to be. Yeah. And uh, that took about nine months. And then long story short, things started to clicking. I got my fan- financial situation figured out and, um, myself back into school i also got the opportunity to apply for a job in an icu um in the in at the actually university Toledo, which is where i'm currently attending um and that's kind of just the, the story and now where that lines up with everything is i kind of struggled uh with academics my first year um and I felt like that kind of set me back a lot, Uh, not only with my GPA, but moving forward as a pre-med medicine um, with, a, you know, in the pursuit of medicine. And I wanted to ask you, how can I approach a way in which I can show medical schools that I am capable of the rigor while um, I'm doing all these things. I guess I'm, I know I'm really sure right now. <laughs> I'm nervous. Um, That's all right. Yeah, I, I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, the question is, how do you show that you're academically capable is you right. be academically capable, right? So you, you, no matter where you start, it's how you finish, right? As cliche as that sounds. Right. It's not if you fall down, it's if you get back up, right? (laughs) Right. That's all it is. So if you get a 2.0 your freshman year, 
you're going to have to show that you can get as close to a 4.0 as possible kind of going on the rest of your journey. So there there are plenty of stories I can give you <clears throat> that show that a student who struggles early on does just fine because at the end of their career, academic career, uh, whether it's junior, senior, or post or SMP, they show their academic capability. Now, their final number may not be super sexy, right? It may be a 3.2, but their last 40 or 50 hours is pretty close to a 4.0, right? That's how you show academic capability. There's nothing you can write in your essays that go, I know I have a 2.0 GPA, but trust me, I'm capable academically, right? It doesn't matter what you say. It's, it's what, what does your transcript show? Right. Yeah. And, um, in terms of extracurriculars, uh, right now I am, I'm doing some research I just got involved into a, or I applied for a program in the fall. Um, in in terms of uh, clinical experience, uh, shadowing, I have about seventy hours in there. Plan to get more in. Um, okay. And then, for as far as my job, now this is kind of where a lot of a lot of things clicked for me. Every every doctor I've shadowed, I've come into contact with through my job, which a lot, you know, allowed me to make connections mm-hmm. as far as seeing those guys and what they do. Um, and I was, you know, I'm wondering if my job would count as clinical experience. So I'm a clerk in the medical intensive care unit. Um, now I'm not an aide. I don't, in my job description, it's not for me to take care of these patients. I don't take care of these patients particularly. I know the nurses do that. Yep. Um, obviously. But my question is on my own and it's very awesome. A lot of the nurses kind of take me in and because they know that I'm a pre-med student and you know, uh, what I plan to do with my career or my career aspirations. And they allow me to go in and like, if there is a, a bronch going on or intubation or, you know, whatever, what have you, uh, you know, they kind of get my attention. Hey, come look at this, you know, and I, I help with patient turns. I, you know, drop off meds, blood, et cetera. Um, I've been, I don't want to, I don't know if you want to say lucky enough to be in a couple of codes um, and done you know, CPR and stuff like that and have been in that environment. Mm. So as far as that, I was just wondering what your thoughts on that, if I could count that as clinical experience or if I need to reach, find another job. Yeah. So, so in general, if you were just to say, I'm a clerk in the ICU, like that to me, the picture of that is... It's like it's like a front desk person in an outpatient setting, right? right? You're answering right. calls, you're kind of directing information, uh, running stuff. If, like you said, right, blood. It's like, hey, there's this stat thing. Hey, clerk, can you can you go run this down to the lab real quick? Um, mm-hmm. That would not be clinical experience. But what you're saying, like I'm turning patients, I'm I'm helping with codes, I'm doing this, like that sounds like clinical experience. So that's why it's impossible for us to always go off of like. What is right. your title? Like the title doesn't tell me mm-hmm. anything. What are you allowed to do? What are you doing in your day-to-day role? And so 
it sounds like part of your role, whether it's not in your title directly or in your job duties directly, is you're kind of like a medical assistant, right? You're just kind of hanging out. You're doing what's needed and doing CPR and and helping turn patients and all this other stuff. So potentially you you have a, a job where you can split your hours into two activities. So let's say you have a thousand hours total as this clerk, right? Let's say 25% of it is more of this clinical experience where you're doing codes and helping turn patients and doing other things. So 250 of those hours of the thousand you would put as clinical experience. And then maybe you title it medical assistant uh, or maybe you title it uh, clerk slash medical assistant um, and then put your uh, kind of description of the more clinical stuff in there. And then for the other 750 hours of your thousand total, you put clerk and you mark it as not clinical and you talk more about a lot of the other duties and impact that you have as a, as a quote unquote clerk. So that's, sure. a, that's potential. Now, <clears throat> is it the best job? Probably not mm-hmm. for, for a pre-med student to get clinical experience. So should you should you look for another job? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't think you have to. Um, but there's probably better opportunities for you to get more consistent and and more sustained clinical time. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's to me. I mean, that's exactly why I was asking you because I know it's kind of like a gray area, and it always is. It's always a million different jobs out there that could you know, that we don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of, I guess here's the other question is through this job, I've met a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but a couple of um, members that are on the admissions committee and I've been able to ask them quite a bit of questions and I asked them the same thing. If this would be considered you know, clinical experience and, and whatnot. And they don't know who Dr. Gray is. <laughs> How but, dare they? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, they tell me, oh, yeah, you know, let's be fine. Just, you know, in your description, just go ahead and explain what you do. Explain, you know, tell a story, like exactly how you say. Yeah. Um, you know, tell a story. Tell us what it's done for you. And, you know, but I wanted to get your opinion on it. Yeah. Feel a bit better, but uh, yeah, I, I think the the explanation of of potentially splitting it into two is is so that someone who a lot of these people are going to know what a clerk in an ICU does, right? Just like right. A, just a, a yeah. general clerk on any of the the standard floors. Um, mm-hmm. I what what I'm concerned about and why I recommend splitting the hours versus just marking them all clinical or all non clinical is that if you if a reviewer looks at this and goes a thousand hours clinical experience clerk like I know what clerks do right. that's not clinical experience without the the nuance as, as you mentioned right the nuance of your specific role because of who you are because of the the people that you're surrounded with who are kind of taking you under their wing going hey hey pre-med student come here <laughs> right um, and so that's why splitting it just removes some of those question marks of someone going, that's not clinical or someone going, oh, that sounds like there's some clinical stuff. I wonder why you marked that non-clinical. Mm-hmm. 
it just removes the nuance and just makes it makes yeah. it so much cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I, one of my, my other questions and I'm also not sure of, I'm, I, I've tried to watch a couple of your videos and really digest what you were saying in terms of the, um, disadvantage essay. Which and, is no longer the disadvantaged essay, right? Right. And I, I yeah, I, I, I saw that. Yeah. Um, now, I was wondering, what is it called now? The Other Impactful Experiences. Okay. So, do you think that I should kind of elaborate my situation in terms of, I guess, my story and a couple of the issues that I've had listed there? Because um, I had to withdraw from my university that I was at um, before COVID and mm. you just see a bunch of withdrawals. And I feel like I should elaborate on that. Would that be a place for me to do that? Potentially. Yeah. It's a good place to add context to the rest of your application. Okay. Now, could I speak about that in my personal statement or would that not be wise? I, I don't think the personal statement for me is why do you want to be a doctor? Not right. why do you want to be a doctor and tell me all the other stuff, right? That's why I love this change with the disadvantaged essay to this other impactful yeah. experiences essay is it it broadens it so that more people can go like, oh, I have something I could say there. Mm. Gotcha. Um, now, I have intentions of applying uh, next cycle. Um, and I'm just, I'm kind of wondering if it's smart for me to apply or not, or even, you know, attempt, because I feel like as an, I would not be portrayed as a strong um, applicant due to whether it be my GPA. I haven't took it, taken the MCAT yet. I don't know what that score is going to look like. And what I've been told by, you know, the, the admission committee members that I've spoken to that, it, you know, if you, if you get a good MCAT score, then go ahead and apply. I, and I feel like it's kind of deeper than that. I feel like um, I have just started my volunteer hours. Mm. Um, and I don't believe I'll get the amount of hours that I want when I go to apply. Um, How many hours do you want? Uh, I would like to hit a hundred. Okay. Which I feel, I feel like that's a good. A hundred and, and you're talking about your clerk job? No, I'm talking about uh, a volunteer organization that I just got into. It's called the community care clinic. Okay. Why, why are you, uh, concerned about volunteer hours versus your, your clerk job? Um, because I've, I've been, a, I've had that clerk job for, I've actually just hit my two years last month. So I'm not concerned with the hours in there. Um, and I do plan on uh, adjusting my position in the hospital to getting a more patient-centered job where I, as, as an aide maybe, or just go dry, directly to a medical assistant. Yep. Because um, there are openings for that. I just haven't, you know, had the time to evaluate that whole situation, but I, I do plan to do that. But anyways, okay. um, in terms of volunteer hours, I just started this um, this organization and volunteering in this organization. And I, w I think it's, it's very important to me and what they're doing. Um, and I 
I don't want it to make it seem like I'm checking a box because I know I understand how bad that is, but it, it also is very important to me. And I want this to be on my application because I've participated in things. Yeah. Um, but you're not applying until next year. So you're going to have a, a year. Right. Or are you thinking about maybe applying this year? No, not this year. Okay. I, no. Yeah. I, a year under your belt. Plus you continue it during the application cycle. There shouldn't be any concern about about those hours. So I, I wouldn't worry about that specifically. T- talk about the MCAT thing. You, you brought up the MCAT briefly. What, yeah. what, what was the discussion with the MCAT? They told me that if I get a good score on the MCAT, then go ahead and apply next, you know, next May, next cycle. Yeah. So are you done I, with I, your classes? No, not even close. See, I'm, I'm basically because of that whole, you know, you know, my story, I kind of disorganized me and, you know, threw me around. So I'm just getting to my sophomore year. Technically I'm a sophomore uh, credit wise at the, the current university I'm attending. Okay. So I, I still need my biochem, which I'll be taking in the fall. I still need my physics. Um, so psych. Okay. But I, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. When, when are you going to graduate? 2025. Okay. So you could apply next year. Right. To start in 2025, right? Apply 2024, start 2025. So that from a graduation standpoint, that works. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, your, your goal moving forward is to get as close to a 4.0 as possible, right? You don't have to be perfect, but get as close to a 4.0 as possible. Do well on the MCAT. Keep getting your experiences. Go tell your story on your application. Get into school and go be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> you know what? I get questions all the time, and you know, at my job, I have Doctor Gray books on my counter <laughs> that I work at. And oh, you want to be a doctor? What do you want to be? Or you know, what kind of doctor are you going to be? But you know, I just always express to them, well, I got to make it first. Yeah. So baby steps. You know, and that's always the biggest leap right there. And I always tell them, you know, um, I just got to make it. I don't care. I don't care where that is. And I'll figure that out when I get there. I just got to make it first. Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah. It sounds like you got the right ideas. I hope so. I watched a lot of your videos. So I, I kind of accept, expect to be there. <laughs> if I wasn't, I'd be concerned. Um, but yeah, I, I plan on taking the MCAT probably around February ish. Yeah. Um, can't take so it in it. February, either January well, or March. Fe- February, for some reason, yeah. they they don't offer test dates. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought it was February then. But then the next month being March, then yep. that's when I will probably take it. But uh, um, as far as I stand with my GPA, I think that's where I struggle most. Uh, that kind of seems the question to be the question that I ask the medical students that I see in the hospital. Mm most um you know how you know how do you deal with this how do you how do you do one of these classes you know i ha- i've had to because of the gap year i i i took i had to relearn how to learn yep um and you know that's that was my biggest struggle and you know that all those grades kind of haunt me and those w's um even though they may not matter um but i think um also 
I, I kind of stand like a 3.0 GPA mm-hmm. right now. And that's with my classes at all universities, all classes I've taken. Um, I actually put them into your website. And I have a decent trend right now. Um, I just aced OCHEM 2, which I'm excited about. I just got that nice. <laughs> final grade last week, so I was happy about that. But anyways, um, I'm I'm kind of on a, on a good trend right now, and I hope I can keep that up. But that's where I stand right now. And I guess... Um, I can plan on applying the next cycle then. Um, and I wanted to get your opinion on how your, how my personal station statement should be structured. I have two scenes that I'm kind of debating on what to write about. Um, and I think I'm thinking of a lot about a lot of the people that I've seen on your videos and, you know, I've had a family, family member, you know, pathway or this was hard for me and this is what led me to medicine, right? That's the whole point of the, the statement. But I think I addressed you um, at the beginning of the, this video that I wrestled and I, that was kind of what's carried me as a person um, throughout my life. But, but recently I've experienced um, a loss of a family member who had, uh, epilepsy and you know she's battled that her whole life and i've seen you know those events since i was you know a young kid um and i'm kind of just struggling where i want to go with that um because i think i think my statement could go either way and if i you know talk about wrestling or talk about uh you know my my family member that had this um medical issue and you know watching it and growing up watching because she was you know course like i said our family member and it was important to us and um I, yeah i'm just want your opinion on where i could go or should go with that yeah I, it's it's impossible for me to answer that question right because yeah. for me <laughs> this the seed right the the language that i use your your seed is the exposure to healthcare that you had that made you interested in exploring it a lot of people confuse seed to be the first exposure to healthcare you had period Right. And I often talk about my story. I grew up with a dad who was a type one diabetic on dialysis, growing up in dialysis centers, sitting there for hours with him. He passed when I was 17. So I was exposed to healthcare very early on, but it actually didn't make me want to go be a doctor because I was living kind of my own life and I wanted to be a baseball player and and I was having fun. And it wasn't until I hurt my shoulder playing baseball I went into physical therapy, athletic training, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like I can go help people kind of go be an athlete. And mm-hmm. so to me, my first exposure was was very early on having a, a sick parent, but that wasn't my seed. The seed was my own injury that exposed me to physical therapy and then dissecting a cat in high school that's like, oh, I need to cut things. So that that to me is my story. So I can't tell you what your story is. You just have to think about like what exposure was it? Not first, not last, whatever it was, but what exposure was it that actually led you to, to think about healthcare as a career? Yeah. And that's where the uh, family member event that happened recently that happened within the past year in wrestling, I've been doing it all my life. And that's what, Hey, what are amino acids? Hey, you know, 
um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, and, and I was already a pre-med student before uh, I experienced that loss. Yeah. And I've already been on my path, so, but it was, you know, very important to me. Yeah, but, and, but you mentioned, right, you experienced a loss, but you also experienced way before that loss living with someone or, or having a, a family member who was sick. So, yeah. yes, the loss obviously was a big part of that journey, but they were in your life ill a lot of your life too. So you just have to, you have to do some reflection and see. So as we, as we wrap up here, um, you mentioned the MCAT, obviously you want to take kind of starting next year, you have, uh, I don't know, eight or so months before that comes into play, go to blueprintmcat.com, get your free account and create a plan today for taking the test in March or taking it in January, whenever that is, and see what that potentially looks like so that you have, you have a good idea of, of what that journey is going to be like for you. Cause setting yourself up for success with that plan is going to be huge. Absolutely. It's like a wrestling training schedule. Just got to plan it out and do it. Yeah. <laughs> got to make weight. I hope this was helpful yeah. for you. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Gray. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me here on ask Dr. Gray pre-med Q and a. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 